You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. The following episode does contain spoilers from Season 8, Episode 2 of Game of Thrones. Welcome to episode two of the Thrones Y'all Recap. My name is Jamie and I am your host here over at Black Girl Nerds. Very, very thrilled to do this show. And just, I think it's a great time right now for so many Game of Thrones fans as we watch these episodes every Sunday night and have the opportunity to do this podcast recap. And we have a third party now. (laughs) So who knows, maybe each week we'll have new folks coming in. Um, But we do have a third person that's joining myself and Angelica, our wonderful moderator. So Ashley, please introduce yourself to the BGN podcast audience. Hi. I'm Ashley. Um, <laughs> that's basically it. Uh, yeah, like I found BGN and I was like, oh, this is super cool. And then we started emailing back and forth and we were like, let's do Game of Thrones because everybody's drinking that Kool-Aid. Um, so yeah, that's me. I'm Ashley. I like TV. Cool. <laughs> You'll fit in then. <laughs> Welcome to the right place. Um Okay, great. Then Angelica, take it away. Let's let's dive right into it. Alrighty. This week, while there was virtually no action, so much went down. Like my fingers were flying the whole night taking notes. I probably paused every scene after a wee watch just to take down notes because it was just so many things happening. Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw a little bit of criticism online that people said it was slow pacing, but in my mind, like this was the calm mm-hmm. before the storm. So yep. you people can't be pleased. I don't know what you want. First you complained about the fast pace, and now you're complaining about the fact that they slowed it down. So. <laughs> I mean, we've got to get some sort of story building before we get into the climax mm-hmm. of what is going to be the big plot twist for the season. So, right. you know, guys, yeah, be patient. I, I disagree. I thought the pacing was perfect. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> throwing shade at my father. We had a discussion last night about this. <laughs> so, Dad, if you're listening, you're wrong. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, let's kind of like dive into things. It was an I this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series, to be honest. Um, so I'm so excited to get into it. So let's start off straight away with the fact that we're only really in one location. No, we are exactly in one location. We didn't go anywhere else. The entire episode was focused on Winterfell. Oh, so no sir say this week. No sir say no. You're on. No elephants. None of that. No elephants at all to be seen. Um, and so we're going to dive into the opening credits. Uh, as as it has done several seasons, the opening credits change um, to reflect the episode. So this, I happen to notice that there's battle preparations around Winterfell. Like they had like the ditches and those spiky things. I don't know what you call those, but you can see that Winterfell was preparing itself for war. Um, and then I did want to touch on something from last week. So I did mention that the astrolobe depicted three scenes and I could not figure out what the third scene was. So we discussed the red wedding. Um, they also described the birth of Danny's dragons. And the third one was the fall of the wall. So I just wanted to get out out the way because it bothered me for like a good week. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I think somebody on our SoundCloud channel also, (laughs) Um, mentioned it (laughs) okay yeah thank you person on the throne (laughs) (laughs) um and so i i will say like the overall theme of this episode i've noticed was was and it was basically the characters but it was also about change and these characters um interacting with each other and relating to each other and how they've grown and actually writer brian cogman he he writes outside of um, David Bainoff and D.B. Weiss, he writes for the show as well. He called it a love letter to the characters. So basically he's making us fall in love with them so he can kill them off next episode. Um, (laughs) So what are your guys' thoughts on this episode as far as uh, what you took away from it? Ashley, you go first. (laughs) Okay. Just let me know when it's talking. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I guess I said earlier. I really do. I think this is probably one of my one of my favorite episodes. Well, one of two. But yeah, it's it's much like it's a super awesome episode. Um, I like watching tension, not so much action as much as like tension. And um, there was a lot of tension this week, and I like I like that slow pace. Like I don't I don't know what like how you know PG thirteen around here, but the crap talking the. All of that. That's what I like about Game of Thrones. I like the, the alliances and the shadiness. And that's what we saw this week, I think, at least. It wasn't slow-paced to me. I thought it was intense and really, like, sexy in that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and speaking of sexy, I just got even more attracted to Tormund because... <laughs> <laughs> right? My ginger friend. Because I... I am team um, Tormund and Brian. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. want to see her with Jamie, and I was one right. of those people that was shipping them as well. What was it, season four? I think. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I totally get it. But listen, Tormund—he's just such a good guy, and we got a little information this week about him. Like he's a feminist. Like he was. He's a feminist. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like F tradition. Go ahead and be knighted. I will knight you many, many times over. I mean, 10 times. 10 times times over. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think he was talking about knighthood, by the way, when you said that sentence. No. (laughs) But um, I just, yeah, I was all about Tormund. So I know we're going to dig into that a little bit more, but this, this episode was just so fantastic. And it's, it's going to be really tough to see 
what happens next week because we know that there's a death coming. Um, there could be many deaths, and um, it just kind of sucks that you know it's probably going to be somebody that we all love. So, yeah, I agree. Hence the love letter to the characters. Brian Cogman was basically apologizing right. to them <laughs> before he killed them. <laughs> um, yep. So let's uh, go straight to it. First scene <laughs> of the episode is Jamie before the Great Hall. And my man looks nervous. <laughs> my man is sweating. Like, I actually posted a tweet during my live tweet. If anyone remembers, like, Jordan Peele, like, sweating. I'm like, Jamie in the great yep. hall. That yeah, that, that is, that was Jamie. He, basically, everyone in that room hated him. So, <laughs> but let's kind of start with the, the person that probably hates him the most, um, Danny. So, Danny starts off saying... I want to tell you about a bedtime story. And that sounds cute, but it goes left quickly. She says, I want to tell you about a bedtime story that my brother used to tell me about the man that killed my father and all the things we wanted to do to him once we got him. So that's not a good start for anyone. Um, so Danny gets her digs in and then mm-hmm. um, she kind of throws shade at Jamie because Jamie was supposed to bring the Lannister army. Instead, he just comes alone. So, excuse me, Danny kind of hits him with the, I don't see an army. I see one man with one hand. (laughs) That's the sexiness I'm talking about, people. Like, it's just those quick little jabs. You're like, ooh. (laughs) Cold-blooded. (laughs) Cold-blooded. Yeah, Danny's, you know, the queen of shade. I'm I'm loving it. I mean, she's just throwing it all over the place this season. And, um yeah, I, I don't I don't want to jump ahead, but I just I feel like there's <laughs> going to be more shade to be thrown as things have been revealed to Danny recently. So yeah, oh yeah, D- Danny is is in rare form this season. <laughs> she does not care. She's not holding back. She's saying what's on her mind, and it's usually shady. <laughs> um, and so if for once, kind of Sansa and Danny agree. Neither one of them trusts Danny. Or excuse me, trust Jamie. Um, one because Jamie is responsible for killing Danny's father, and then Jamie also attacks Sansa's father and try to destroy her whole family. Um, and I just want to say hashtag justice for Jory. Does yeah. anyone remember Jory? Yep. <laughs> I want that man to get his justice. Um, so they kind of come to coming ground for once, and um. Right before that, though, I forgot to address Bran. Like, if we're talking about shade, I feel like Bran, even though I don't think it was intentional shade, it was, like, the shadiest comment of the episode, I feel. Um, So they're kind of, like, grilling Jamie, and Jamie gets really arrogant. He's like, you know, I'm not apologizing for defending my family. That's what I'm supposed to do, and I'll do it again. And then Bran goes, the things we do for love. <laughs> and that was perfect because that was a throwback to season one, right season after one. Jamie pushed Bran out of the window. That's exactly what Jamie said. So um, that's right. amazing that Bran actually heard that on the fall down. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling he revisited yeah. that moment a few times, um, but that kind of kind of shuts up Jamie because at this point, everyone's saying all these terrible things he's done. If we think about it, we've been watching for the last couple of seasons or for the last eight seasons, but only we, the audience, know for sure that Jamie was the one that pushed Bran out that window. So him throwing that jab out of saying like, hey, simmer down, it could be worse. So Jamie shuts up. Yeah. What do you think about that, Ashley? 
um about the what about what the uh, comment and being pushed out a window yeah just about the situation with jamie and brian and how that took place i kind of remember like i remember you know him getting pushed out the window and everything and then when he said it i was like well damn (laughs) you're gonna take that you know what i mean like i don't know how to explain it it's just it's so it's it's just so amazing. I love that. Like I said, it's just sexy to me. When I hear all those, like, it's the only <laughs> way I can describe it. I hear the back and forth, and then that one quick one, and you're like, yeah, get him, <laughs> get him. I was I was actually quite surprised at Brand's um, discourse with Jamie because I was expecting it to be a little bit more aggressive, and that not necessarily that the two would get into fisticuffs, but you know, I was expecting some more backbiting between. Brian and Jamie about what happened and even discussing further about what happened. But um, I think you Mm -hmm. mentioned this last week, Angelica, that if it wasn't for Jamie pushing Bran out of the window, he wouldn't be the three eyed Raven. And he even, you know, mentioned that, you know, he's no longer um, the old Bran in that that exchange. So I don't know, maybe he's kind of somewhat grateful to, to Jamie for him being the, the person or the supernatural entity that he is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Brandon is basically above it all. Um, His main objective. I'm sorry. Did you hear that? (laughs) His main objective is just to destroy the night King. He doesn't care about anything else. Um, And so we move further along into that actual scene. And um, so Sansa says she doesn't trust him. Danny says she doesn't trust him. So then Tyrion tries to step up. And you know, take up for his brother. Danny's not having it. That's your brother. Like you guys could be in cahoots together. Um, and so Brienne comes to the rescue. And as I was saying, you know, we know everything that's going on, but the actual characters in the show, they mm-hmm. don't know everything that's happened. And as far as they're concerned, Jamie is a terrible person. So the only person that really knows Jamie and knows that he's changed is Brienne. So she takes up for him, and it kind of once I'm talking about callbacks, it kind of reminds me of uh, season four during ter- or season four or season five during mm-hmm. Tyrion's trial. I think that was season five. Um, when it's kind of a reversal now. So instead of Tyrion on trial, it's Jamie on trial. And if you think about it, Tyrion's last witness, character witness, was Shay, who basically um, put him away. And Brienne is is Jamie's last character witness, so to speak. And she speaks up for him. And as a result of that, because Sansa trusts her so much, they allow right. Jamie to stay. Um, and Danny agrees with it. And then she refers to John as the warden of the North. And she goes, what say you? And John agrees too. They can't afford to lose a, a good man. So he owes Brian so much. I just want to say like, dude, you owe her your life. You, you really need to do something wonderful for her. Get her a big <laughs> gift back. Right? <laughs> something needs to be done um and i i just um, just a few little moments throughout that particular scene um i was really digging sansa's new outfit this week did anyone notice that i didn't no no okay <laughs> oh, you guys gotta go back man so she's wearing this really usually she wears i mean i wouldn't call it feminine because they live up north everything's dark but right. this week she kind of did like a cersei like season six upgrade like she's wearing this leather dress uh, that's the only way i can describe oh, yeah. it someone, 
Someone did mention on Twitter when we were live tweeting, what's up with the dog collar around Sansa's neck? (laughs) (laughs) So I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, she's had that quote unquote dog collar since she went dark Sansa um, when she was in the veil but i noticed that like True. it was basically more armored like i don't think sansa's going to war but it does you know it doesn't hurt to have a new outfit for the occasion <laughs> we're gonna go to war <laughs> gotta look fly um so they um agree to let jamie stay and i kind of i just thought this was a funny moment when gray worm returns the sword and kind of like stares him down like try it and I'll take you out. I thought that was funny. Um, and then as they're leaving, Danny goes to talk to John and John walks away from her. He's avoiding her for good reason. Um, I don't think he knows how or when to tell her about mm-hmm. what's going on with his parentage. So his best option at this point is to run from her. <laughs> um, yeah, Just avoid, avoid, avoid. Hey, how you doing? Bye. <laughs> yeah yeah hi bye i gotta go i got things to do um so yeah that kind of that we'll just go ahead and move on from that um so then as a result of what happened between um jamie cersei and Tyrion, it's very clear that danny is not happy with Tyrion. um so she kind of threatens to demote him she you know she says you know either you're a traitor or you're a complete fool mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, Tyrion admits it. I'm a fool. And he turns, you know, and she says, like, either you figure this thing out or I'm going to find someone else. And he... I know Jorah's waiting for the job. Jorah's waiting. (laughs) Thirsty. Jorah's been waiting for a minute. He's like, I got cured. I'm ready. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, Tyrion does turn around to Jorah and varies and goes, like, when are you going to end up wearing this? Um, The sigil of the hand of the king or queen, I should say. Um, so yeah, Tyrion basically drinks and knows nothing, but you know, (laughs) yeah, clever with that one. Um, but actually later down the line, um, I wouldn't call it a throwaway scene, but Jorah does manage to convince Danny to allow Tyrion or to allow Danny to give Tyrion another chance. Um, Mm -hmm. he does admit like, yeah, I kind of broke my heart when you made him the hand of the queen, but He's made him his mistakes as we all have, and he's owned them. So try yeah. to give him another chance, and Danny agrees. Uh, so yeah, that- give give Jor another chance. I mean, I I love Jor Mormont. He's just near and dear to my heart, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it just it's kind of saddens me that even though, of course, you know, Danny's with John, and and as it should be, but I kind of wanted to have that moment where they could have a little bit of a romance. Cause if you remember, like in the books, there was like a moment mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, and plus Jorah's wife looks similarly like, um, like Danny in the books as well. So he just, he has so much love and loyalty for her and he'll do anything for her. And um, it, it would have been nice to have just seen that kind of moment between the two, but Jorah knows his place and you know, it is what it is. So. Yep. Sir friend zone. He knows his place. Yep. <laughs> See, I think that's beautiful though. And it's own like, right. I think that that line not being crossed is just, I don't know. It's like poetic. It's like, I love you, but yeah, I know my, sh- my place. I am quite at love. Story as old as time. Yeah. It's so cool. Story as old as time. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to the juicy stuff. Um, so Arya yeah, at the forge <laughs> with Gendry. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. This you happened kind of fast, didn't it? I mean, I thought there was going to be a little bit more foreplay and build up into this, right but no, they just got right into it. We've got only six more episodes. We ain't got time for that. <laughs> we're going to get into the down and dirty a little bit, but we're going to hit on the foreplay first. Um, but I, I did, we're just going to uh, touch on when she actually first goes to the the um, the forge and he's making all these thousands of weapons and she's like, dude, where's my spear? And he's just like, uh, I'll get to it. <laughs> I have thousands more weapons to forge. Um, and then they kind of get, and she's checking him out and his muscles are bulging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she kind of, I feel like this is uh, Arya's way of like dirty talking. So she asks him like, so what are the White Walkers like? Like, how do they move? You know, how do they sound? What do they do? And um, Gendry just, you know, he's cute, but he's kind of <laughs> dumb. He just says they're really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Arya's just like, okay really bad that's all you got for me so he kind of explains you know their death but what Janji fails to realize is that Arya is very familiar with death so she kind of I would say very flirty she's like throwing these daggers at this post and which with every throw she's saying you know I know death he's got many faces I look forward to seeing this one and then she kind of like saunters off mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can see like Jenny's like okay I see you girl yep. she was giving, I mean like it was just I don't know it was her face I was like oh this is oh this is dirty I don't, I don't want to be a part of this one I feel like I'm interrupting a moment <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah. should I leave the room guys like do you guys yeah, do a room or something <laughs> you guys need a moment but um actually before she saunters off she asks like my weapon and he's like yeah i'll get right on it so needless to say she'll get that weapon sometime during this episode um job security for gendry that job ain't going nowhere nowhere (laughs) he came to the right place um so we kind of touched on this before but jamie and bran so Brand's at the God's Lit, and I thought this was funny someone noted they're like so how is Bran getting around like there's no access ramps at Winterfell. It's nothing but snow. Like, wh- how is he ending up in these places? <laughs> I feel like he's like slowly kind of levitating. Like, I think because he does have these supernatural abilities that he's moving himself, and it's probably through <laughs> levitation or something. I, you know? I just told myself he has two functioning hands. <laughs> like, he's a cripple, but he has his hands. Um, so either he's rolling himself to these places, or someone's like pushing him and then leaving him and coming back later. I, I don't, I don't know. We'll fix. I'm sure they'll explain it at some point how Bran ends up in all these places. Um, <laughs> but Bran approach or Jamie approaches Bran to apologize. So he's like, you know, I'm sorry for what I did, and Bran's like no need to apologize you weren't sorry then you were protecting your family um and he just kind of we've already touched on this explains to jamie you know you wouldn't be who you are today if you hadn't pushed me out that window and i wouldn't be what i am whatever i am if it hadn't happened and it Mm -hmm. seems like he's alluding that jamie is going to have a bigger part in the great war um because jamie's like you know why didn't you tell them what happened and bram was like well you know, if they killed you, you wouldn't be able to help us. So I don't know what Jamie's role will be in this, but he plays a big part for J- for Brand to keep his mouth shut about what happened. Yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Oh, sorry. I was like, oh no, I was gonna say, yeah, obviously, I think well, he wouldn't be alive today if you know he wouldn't be alive, and the they wouldn't have kept him if he wasn't gonna play a huge part in it. So I, I think from like a I don't know maybe just like a strategic standpoint, he's just kind of keeping his mouth shut. 
You know what I mean? And just letting everybody kind of, you know, I know what right. you're doing and I'm going to pretend like, you know, I forgive you and all this stuff and we're going to have these come to Jesus moments. But really, I just need you to stay alive just until this next episode and then I'm going to take you out. Because you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's like a recompense for, for Bran, like that Jamie does this. Like he owes Bran, you know? So maybe this is just a moment for Jamie to make up for um, all of the wrongs that he did. And that's what I'm noticing is the theme so far for this season is it's all about redemption and people trying to right those wrongs in the past. And you know, we're going to talk about it more right. later on, but, but yeah, I feel like it's just a recompense for, for Jamie's past mm-hmm. sins to do this, um, which, which would be good. And if it means that he, you know, has to die heroically to be able to, um, to win the war and and to to win the battle then then so be it but that's how i feel about it okay makes sense yeah i feel like jamie does play a huge part in this whether he survives the battle i'm not sure i know i have my theory about him and cersei him taking out cersei so he might live beyond this episode but he's definitely a key character in this quote-unquote great war um so i wasn't sure when brand you know when jamie asked um you know what happens afterwards and brand goes how do you know there isn't afterwards? I'm not sure if he's referring to Jamie or if he's referring to the fact that none of them will survive. So that will be interesting to see. see. <laughs> we shall see. Um, so the next scene, we have the Lannister brothers back in Winterfell, still despised. Uh, <laughs> nobody trusts them between, you know, Jamie's terrible past and Tyrion just making mistake after mistake. They're just not welcomed. <laughs> He's so cute. And, and he just, I don't know, Tyrion's my favorite because I'm a little person too who gets drunk and knows things. <laughs> when, I, when you said he's despised I'm like yeah but everything he did was just because he's misunderstood and little <laughs> right <laughs> poor guy um, so yeah they have to have a little discussion so I know there was a lot of speculation online about whether or not Cersei was pregnant and Jamie confirms at least from what he can confirm that Cersei is indeed pregnant but good old Cersei always knows how to take the truth to lie Mm-hmm. So she used that little grain of humanity in herself to try to convince Tyrion that she really was going to bring this army up north. But in reality, she was planning on screwing all of them over. So, Have you seen the theories online that Euron might get her pregnant, or might be the one that her baby, um, if she's if she does get pregnant? I mean, we don't even know she's pregnant. I mean, right. this is Sarah Lannister we're talking about here. <laughs> um, but if she does end up pregnant, that the baby is likely Euron's. Have you heard any of those theories? Because I've been seeing that on. Um, I've seen people trying to saying that they would try that she would try to pin her pregnancy with Jamie on Euron, but I, mm-hmm. I, I personally haven't seen anyone saying it was Euron's. Although ultimately, I feel like this is all going to be mute, uh, moot because according to the mm-hmm. prophecy, uh, Cersei is not supposed to have any more kids. So if this baby, um, if she does carry to full term, I honestly don't think that baby is going to be born alive. Um, mm. So that's just my take on things, just off of the prophecy. And I will say the showrunners have been pretty consistent as far as following that, um, or they wouldn't have included that in in season five. Right, right. So yeah, either she's not pregnant or she won't be able to have, she won't have the baby, one or the other. It's all about that prophecy. All about that prophecy, <laughs> baby. <laughs> always go back to the prophecy. Always. Those, I mean, this whole show, I feel like, is is woven through prophecies. Um, yeah. So, 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, yeah, it's a fantasy show. That's all fantasy is, is just prophecies. And like you said, I, I mean, she's probably not pregnant in the way where she might have been, but I, she, she probably mm-hmm. isn't anymore. In, in in my mind, that's the way it goes. Like, she uses, you know, when you say she uses li- the truth to tell a lie, I was I, I, pregnant. Okay. I was kind of, we've all been kind of pregnant before. <laughs> I haven't, but okay. <laughs> like, I know people have been kind of pregnant, but I don't think I've ever been kind of pregnant. I'm just fully. Um, so um, it goes. So in their little conversation, um, they kind of talk about dying at Winterfell, and it's like a callback to season two during that big battle um, when Tyrion was going to be in the vanguard, and he said during the drinking game, you know, I always pictured myself dying in my own bed at the age of 80 with a belly full of wine and a girl's mouth around my bleep. The fan service, man, is like hardcore this season. Like, you guys are doing these throwbacks to because he said that in season one right? uh, he said it at season two on the eve of the battle um it was uh, i wouldn't i don't think it was whispering woods it was another battle that he had to fight um that um tywin had forced him to fight in and he made him go in the vanguard which is basically up front so he mm-hmm. knew he was gonna die that night that the following day so he just kind of drank with uh shay and Braun and just told them like i'm gonna die with a you know a girl in bed with me i feel like i feel like he had said that before though he said it. He said it during that episode. It was like, well, well, no, no, I, no, you're right. He did say it during that episode, but I feel like he's said that sentiment before. I mean, yeah, he's a, I mean, he's I, a hoe. Well, he was a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sure he's mentioned, you know, yeah. someone giving him the service several times. It's not a bad way to die either. So it's like, yeah, man, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> So many courthouse scenes with Tyrion. Yeah, I, I get them all confused. They all blend together at some point. Absolutely. So you know, I, I think it's so funny that you know, even Jamie's probably heard this enough times. Yeah. The fact that he was quoting it. So right, he did. He yeah. said it a few times before. And then um, Tyrion also says he takes comfort in knowing that uh, Cersei won't be able to kill him in Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> She's sending mm-hmm. Bronn. He's he's coming for you. Um, and then he kind of has this funny little line about, well, maybe if I survive this, I'll, you know, go down to the King's Landing and rip her apart myself, rip up Cersei. Um, so kind of maybe like a cheeky little reference to the Valonqar, um prophecy that her little brother would end up killing her. I'm mm, not sure yeah. if that's what they meant by that, but I thought it was a little funny moment. So, um, yeah, so Jamie is talking to Tyrion and he gets distracted. Who do you think he's distracted by? Oh, it's- answer his lady <laughs> sorry about that yes she's like 6'3 I'll, I'll put that out there <laughs> she blonde no. yeah blonde tall <laughs> has just become a knight well not um, quite but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah oh yeah not, not quite, quite. Not just yet um but i mean she's knightly um yeah so Tyrion kind of mm-hmm you know he spots Brienne training um with pod and he kind of has a little small talk and he's like oh pod's come a long way and Brienne's like mm-hmm. and he's like yeah so I hear that uh you're going to be leading the left flank and Brienne's like mm-hmm. and then he just keeps on complimenting her and Brienne's just like wait a second we have never had a conversation last this long without you insulting me not once Right. <laughs> and Jamie's like, Do you want me to insult you? And Brienne goes, No. And then Jamie goes, Good. Like, it's like cute little banter back and forth. 
I don't know. That was like me them like outright flirting in my mind. Like, let's- <laughs> oh yeah, it it was definitely flirting, and we've seen this before between Brian and Jamie. So this is, you know, them reuniting once again, and we're we're seeing the flirtation resurge. Mm-hmm. Question is, is Brian gonna bite? You know, because we all wanted to ship them, right. and it didn't quite happen. And now we kind of have a third wheel with Tormund because he's got eyes mm-hmm. for her and has had daggers for her for yes. a minute. Um, and it doesn't look like he's that much of a fan of Jamie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that or this whole love triangle kind of Right. I feel out. like in the perfect world, Brienne would just have a threesome. <laughs> like, why not both? <laughs> <laughs> Why Why make him, that's kind of what I was saying, like, why make him choose? But seriously, we only have six episodes left. She needs to get with it. She needs to pick somebody. Everything needs to happen now. Okay. <laughs> I don't have time for this will they, won't they thing. We got a we gotta yeah. battle to prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Brian's getting it yeah. at some point in time during this up, during the series. Um, but it, um, just back into that moment, outside of their flirting, you know, Jamie has a great respect for Brienne. And, you know, four or five seasons ago, Jamie would never serve underneath a mm-hmm. woman. Definitely not serve underneath anyone in general. But it just shows how much he's changed that he's offering up his services and saying, like, hey, I want to serve under you. So it's the least he could do of, after she saved his life. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> but you know, once again, it's just you know, change. You know, Jamie has matured. Yeah. He's not this arrogant a hole that he used to be. He's humbled Definitely. himself. It takes having your hand cut to take a piece of that humble pie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, or pigeon pie. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, we kind of have like another um, pairing. So this time it's Sansa and Danny. So initially, when uh, Danny pulled up and was like, "Hey, girl, can I talk?" I was like, "Oh, it's about to go down." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Danny decided to take a different route. She's trying to butter up Sansa again, and she's just saying, like, you know, she's she's being softer. She's taking a softer approach. So she kind of tries to get common ground with Sansa. You know, they kind of bond on the fact that they have complicated families, on the fact that they're women leading men, um, and then on their love of John. Um, and so Sansa and Danny have a moment, and Sansa says, like, initially, you know, I didn't trust you because I feel like you were manipulating my brother, and, and men do stupid things. And um, Danny just explains to him, like, you know, who who manipulated whom? You know, I'm supposed to be taking the Iron Throne, and I'm up here fighting Jon Snow's war. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't me that manipulated him; it was the other way around because I trust him. And um, she has this cute little line, kind of like a little Droga or Drogo reference. she basically says, I'm here because I love your brother and and I trust him. I know he's true to his word. He's the second man in my life that I can say that about. And Sansa asks, well, who was the first? And she says, someone taller. <laughs> People thought on Twitter that they that she was throwing shade towards Jon Snow's height. And she, people were like, what's wrong with short people? Like, are she... <laughs> 
one of my friends, he's like five seven or five eight, and he's like, she is, she's being heightist, like she's <laughs> height discrimination. And yeah. I mean, but the show does Monster. take a lot of shots at John's height. Right. Uh, they did it last week when Arya said, "I thought you were taller." And then yeah. um, seasons last season when Gendry first met John, he made a joke about his height. So like everybody's going in on John's height. Like leave that man alone. <laughs> he's still fine. <laughs> it's not our fault that Drogo is like six three. Uh, <laughs> he's a monstrous man mm-hmm. um so they kind of have a little moment and at some point you know while they're bonding danny like puts her hand over sansa's and i was like oh my god they're going to braid each other's hair tonight <laughs> this is happening <laughs> um, <laughs> but then sansa asked you know the one question that's going to make danny cold she says uh so what about the north <laughs> i love this like, i love that you know at the end of the day Sansa, and she's another character that has matured over several seasons, but, you know, she is for her people. She is for Winterfell and and she's concerned about the, the community. And I think that that is a really noble mm-hmm. trait and character that we've seen grown in Sansa over, over the years. Cause she used to be a very, I mean, you guys know, very selfish person, mm-hmm. very self-centered. It was all about her. Truth be told, I think because of her selfishness, that's why Ned Stark died. So I think, um, you know, Sounds has really become mature. And I like the fact that she kind of softened up a little bit in this conversation, because I thought too, I thought, oh, they're they about to get into it. But, uh, but she, she did take a softer approach. And she's, she's really mature. She's <laughs> really shown herself as a, as a noble person. Right. Destroy each other. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so yeah, because of that, um, that little comment about the North, Danny withdraws that hand and uh it's back to having tension. Uh so let's hope, you know, at some point during uh this season they come to a resolution because you know, as much as we love cat fights, I don't want right. to see two powerful women that we all love. And just adding to that narrative that that's what women do. What what is really significant yeah. about this show, which it's easier to report on the negative right. stuff and get clicks and, and be controversial um, because obviously the last, what was it, two seasons ago, people were really angry about the way the women were depicted in the series. But this last season and really in in the past, this season now and then the past season, I've noticed that women are the rulers on this. Like women are in prominent roles. Women are taking charge and everybody are subservient in some respect to the women of the show. So I think that needs to be acknowledged some. I don't see many articles and, and takeaways on the web about how prominent the women are in their roles. Um, and I hope that we have more of those conversations. But it, it's been completely like a 180 turnaround from how the women were treated in the previous seasons to how the women are, you know, rulers and, and, and authoritative figures in, in these past couple of seasons. So that's really important to acknowledge. I don't think people have noticed, like, in, in a certain way, because the show has done such a great transition, you know, what I mean? bringing these women into these, like, prominent places of power that now you don't even realize, like, oh, if you want something done on this show, you got to find a chick to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it was such a smooth transition into, like, women in power. It was, it's, it's like... Oh, it's beautifully done, really. Agreed, agreed. 
Um, yeah, so uh, we go actually there. The ladies are actually interrupted by the maester. Um, they have someone coming in and it's an, our, our, I mean, it's not Jamie's boy. Jamie's not a fan of this man. Um, but Theon, he's in the building. <laughs> and this is something I didn't expect. When Theon walks into the room, Sansa gets really emotional. And while I know they've been through a lot together, there was, I, I, I kind of like was shipping them a little bit. Like, I was like, what's happening? Uh, <laughs> like, I, oh, go ahead. No, I'm I was sorry. just going to say, like, there was like a little glimmer in both of their eyes. And I wasn't sure if it was just because they're just, they've been through so much together and they've seen, they're seeing each other after a long absence. But I was like, what's going on? I think, I think it's exactly what you just said. I don't think there's anything romantic going on between these two. And quite frankly, if they go that route, that's, that to me, I think that they're, I think it's very short-sighted. Right. I feel like it's lazy. Like there's other mm. ways to create a great romance with Sansa and another character and not use Theon as bait. I think right. it was the post-traumatic stress and just the relief of them seeing one another. Cause it could have been, they didn't know that they were alive. Theon probably didn't know that Sansa was still alive and vice versa. And they were just so thrilled to see each other because Ramsey took them through it. So if I had endured the kind of torture that Ramsey did to, to Sansa and Theon and then saw the other victim that went through that trauma too, mm-hmm. I would be embracing them and hugging them tight and probably not wanting to let go. So I right. don't see it really as a romantic thing. I just think it's more of a emotional sigh of release of relief mm-hmm. that okay, we have made it. We are here. We survived and and that that's the end of it. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that, but then I was just like, I don't know. But we already have like a eunuch and a woman together, <laughs> Masande and Grey Worm. So we don't need like another couple like that on the show. So I'm with it. Um, I mean, but it's okay I did- for Theon to have a boo. Don't get me wrong. Like, he- <laughs> you know, you're not just you're not fans of too. You know, um, I just I don't want it. I don't want them to ship them two or put them two together. I just feel like that's not. I don't know. It just it feels like it's just obvious. Like, oh yeah, they've been through it together, mm-hmm. and, and they went through all of this trauma, and you know they went through all of these adventures. Let's just go ahead and put Sansa and Theon together, right? And yeah. and yeah, no, I'm not feeling that. Not feeling that. Okay. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. But yeah, Theon lives. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's if Theon lives. Um, but I mean, he might be in trouble regardless because if you um, go back to it, Yara and Theon pledged themselves to Danny. So the Ironborn are Danny's allies. But when Theon returns to Winterfell, he pledges himself to Sansa. So mm-hmm. a little bit more tension between them now. And I'm not sure if Danny t- took that as an insult, but he's he's not really shifting allegiances because they're all on the same team. But to go from pledging yourself to this queen to now you're pledging yourself to the Lady of Winterfell, I'm just saying that might create a little bit of tension. I also think that my theory is I don't think Theon is going to live next week. No. Um, 
or even till the end of the series because they are doing like the writing is on the wall. They yeah. have this nice redemptive arc and, and Theon is writing all of these wrongs. And we know what happens to characters <laughs> in any show when they do this, yeah. they end up dying, whether it's going to be this heroic death or this self-sacrifice, sacrificial lamb moment. There's going to be something where Theon is going to pay for his sins and it's going to be in depth and depth. Death. And death. <laughs> and death. Like that is going to be the ultimate uh, sacrifice that he will make for being fully redemptive in his story. So I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to live very much longer. Yeah. Well, what is death? They never die. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but we kind of move on to the, the Winterfeld courtyard. And this scene, I actually like got me a little emotional so gilly gilly returns we well she's been at winterfell but we see gilly for for the first time on screen this season and she actually speaking of women leading she kind of has taken on a leadership role as far as directing the women and the children to the crypts telling people where to go so gilly's doing her thing and then this cute little girl walks up to um davos and he's you know handing out soup and telling people you know where they're assigned and the little girl goes where should i go and uh, she's like, both of my brothers are soldiers. I want to fight too. And I was just like, oh, she's so cute. And then if you notice, um, it's and like we were talking about callbacks um, on our last episode. There's another callback. Mm-hmm. The little girl has like a scar. It isn't um, grayscale, gray but it's like a scar, like a burn across her face. And it kind of reminds you of Shireen. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Davos kind of shares his moment with her. And uh, she says she wants to fight and he kind of smiles and you can tell he's thinking about Shireen. And then Gilly walks up and she's like, no, 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 no. We need you in the crypts. You can protect us in there. So the little girl goes, okay, you know, I'll stay with you. And you can tell that Gilly was also thinking of Shireen because both of these characters were close to that girl. Um, Shireen taught both Davos and Gilly how to read. Um, and I don't think they've right. ever spoken about it to each other, but you can tell in that moment they're thinking of that little girl. So I was just like, oh, <laughs> a little moment. Breaks my heart. Breaks my Poor heart. Poor Shireen. Let's hope this little girl survives. Um, yes. <laughs> so, and not go out the way Shireen went. No. There's no Melisandre, so we should be good. Um, so also in the courtyard, it's the return of the Night's Watch and Tormund. So um, Tormund shows up. Ed shows up. Dolores Ed, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. You know, John's happy to see them. He goes to hug Ed, and Tormund intercepts that hug. And he just like snatches John up. <laughs> Tormund being Tormund, he snatches him up, and he's like, "Oh, my little crumb, so happy to see you." And they kind of you know catch up, and he tells them, you know, the Night King's coming they'll be here by morning so you know they're gearing up for battle but of course Torment is not even worried about that the first thing he says is uh is the big woman still around <laughs> she's thirsty man he is so thirsty. thirsty the big woman's still here he he wants that one mm. but um, <laughs> he thinks about her night and day, day. he's probably got like I don't know. What is the equivalent? Well, they didn't have photographs back then. So like maybe, maybe like little sketches, sketches of Ryan in his room or something. Like crude little nasty sketches that he has in his room. <laughs> like done by a, like a, like a sharp rock. You know, photos. 
Oh God, this is so nasty. <laughs> moving, moving right along. So we now know that the the army of the dead and the night king are on their way. So they're in full drive making preparations. Um, so John, there's like this cool little voiceover. They usually don't do voiceovers, but they do this cool little voiceover with you know John saying our enemy doesn't tire, he doesn't it doesn't stop, doesn't feel, and they're in this like war war room and this war council and they're trying to figure everything out and um i'm just gonna throw this out there so i've noticed a lot online that people were saying that the night king may not be evil not sure where that's coming from but they're like you know we don't we don't know his backstory we don't know what he wants how do you know you know how do you know that he's really evil maybe he just wants to take his land back it could be you know you know, like like the Native Americans taking, you know, the Americas back, mm. you know, so, you know, he could not be evil. But Bran kind of takes that theory and throws it out the window, no pun intended. And he kind of says, like, the Night King is coming for me. And they're like, well, why is he coming for you? Because he wants an endless night. And he, you know, I'm this, he wants to erase this world and I'm its memory. So that doesn't sound like somebody that isn't evil to me. So I, I, I think that theory is not going to hold water. Um, so they kind of touch on the fact that the Night King has tried this before. He's tried to kill other three-eyed ravens. So this is something that has been his mission. Um, and then we kind of figure out that Bran is the Night King's GPS. <laughs> I saw you uh, tweet that. So, that <laughs> so if you remember from um, season six, Bran had basically had a vision where the Night King touched him and he ended up having a physical mark. And that's how they got into the weirwood tree. Um, but the Night King has a way. He always knows where Bran is. So he's on a mission to take Bran out. And, uh, you know, uh, Sam has this really good line where he says, you know, that's kind of what makes us human. The fact that we have these memories, you know, that's everyone's biggest fear to be forgotten. So, you know, they make this plan. Um, Bran is going to be in the Godswood. He's going to lure the Night King to him. They're going to have the dragons nearby. Um, we don't know what destroys the Night King, but the, the target is the Night King because they can't defeat the, the Whites. The Whites are dead. You can't really kill them. They're they're they'll never stop. They're just these zombie creatures. So the only way to take them out is to take out their leader. So they're going to try to take them mm-hmm. out with dragon fire, but we don't know if that actually works. Um, so you know they need someone to guard Bran, and of course my man Theon he steps up. He says, I'll do it. You know, I took Winterfell from you. Now I'm going to defend you. So you know, you know, you were saying Jamie that he may not. Yeah. He's probably gonna die in the God's wood. Um, so you know, Deanna's somebody's gonna die next week. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to die. Um, so they kind of you know give out assignments. So you know, Dan's gonna be, excuse me, with Bran and the God's with, with the rest of the Ironborn. Um, Davos is gonna be up front, front and center, in front of the castle walls, um, in the trenches, probably with the Unsullied, um, basically stopping the dead from coming in. And Tyrion is going to be sent to the crypts. So this is kind of where you see that Danny has forgiven Tyrion. She says, you know, you're too valuable. I can't afford to lose you if we survive this. So you need to go in the crypts. Um, but here's the thing. So can we just touch real quick on the crypts theory? Have you guys heard about this? Mm-mm. No. I don't remember the Game of Thrones theories. It's, I know it sounds weird. I just watched okay. the show. And like, so there's this theory <laughs> floating around. So the Night King has obviously has power over the dead. Well, where do you bury the dead? 
in a crypt. So the theory that's going around online is that the Night King is going to infiltrate Winterfell and he's going to raise the dead from the crypts, as in Ned Stark is going to get up. Lyanna Stark is like, you know, so the place where you think people are so safe is probably the place where they're going to be targeted because the dead are going to rise. Um, I I think it'd be cool, but I I mean, I don't want to see Ned coming back as a zombie, so I hope not. Um, But that's a theory that's going around that you know, the Night King's going to rise, the, you know, the, the, the dead, the fallen kings and queens of um, Winterfell from the dead and they'll attack the people in the crypts. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to say, I think this might be on point. And the only reason I'm willing to back it up is when they had the premiere of Game of Thrones in mm-hmm. New York, everybody was okay. there. All of the old cast members were there. Um, so... I don't know. I mean, it could have just been, hey, let's just bring everybody that's been a part of this whole project from season one to be a part of this premiere. But then again, like, why would they invite old cast members to a movie premiere and they ain't been around for several seasons? So it, maybe we will see an appearance by, because I believe that, um, gosh, forgot the actor's name that played Ned Stark. Sean Bean. He was, he was. At- Sean Bean, sorry. Was Sean Bean. Sean, Sean Bean, yes, yes. Um, Sean Bean dies yeah. in every movie. He's a walking spoiler. <laughs> There's a great video on YouTube that just shows all of these snippets of Sean Bean dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was there. So, like, yeah, I think maybe there's this theory is on to something. Of course, I, I am only basing this off of a movie <laughs> premiere and not any <laughs> actual fan theories, but... But maybe maybe they're onto something with that. Maybe, but I will raise you up one. Jason Momoa <laughs> has been around for almost everything, and he died in season one. But that's because so, he's Momoa, and he doesn't want to wear all the time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I, that man's always around. Like I'm like he died like seven seasons ago. How is he still part of the fandom? I mean, I love him, but he's he's literally always around. Like the, <laughs> the old guy in high school that hangs out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's fine with me. Hang all around right. with me all you want. Jim all right, Kimo. all right, all right. Um, <laughs> so we are... So then is, is the idea then that by killing the Night King, it's almost like killing the head vampire yep. that once you kill him... Everybody yep. else yep. dies. And that actually okay. happened okay. in um season seven when um when they were going beyond the wall, that little party went beyond the wall with John and there was a bunch of whites. Mm-hmm. They took out um the white walker and all the whites like fell. Like they all died. So yeah. Mm. Right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. You, you take right. out the, the head of the snake and everything else will die. Uh, the last so, as we're oh as like the war council is wrapping up, once again, Danny tries to talk to John. John's like, all right, gotta go. Um yeah. <laughs> so he's been avoiding this chick all episode. Um and so we move on to another scene. So Missande and uh is in, you know, in the court one of the courtyards mm-hmm. in Winterfell, and she kind of approaches these two little kids, and they're dirty by the way, but she approaches them and they like run away from her. And I was like, um, excuse me? Like, and it kind of calls back to what we were talking about on the last podcast, the fact that Northerners have never seen a person of color. And it kind of adds on to the fact that um, they're foreigners and they're, they're coming along with this invading queen. So, you know, they're mistrustful. And so um, Grey Worm comes along and he tells her, you know, when Daenerys takes her throne, there will be no place for us here. And um, 
you know, it kind of touches on the cultures of Westeros. Uh, Danny, or excuse me, not Danny, Missandei and Grey Worm, they're from, they're not from Essos. They're from, you know, an area called the Southern Isles. So this is basically where predominantly all the people, or the black people, where they live. And then, yeah, the Southern Isles. Mm-hmm. And then, um, actually, technically, uh, Missandei's from Noth, that's which is uh, to the east of the summer isles and then there's actually another continent that's not even on the maps that's where the majority like i would call it africa um but it's for whatever reason it's not covered on yeah. the show but i believe they're going to touch on it in the um and the prequel because they prequel. they've mm-hmm. cast like i think like most of the cast in the prequel is black so they'll touch on that later but basically right. um gray woman's like hey girl let's get out of here <laughs> you know <And laughs> shout out to the person on twitter that said how in the hell is uh miss sandy keeping up that wash and go in that cold brittle weather natural <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hair for the wind baby that's a good point i'm like how does she keep that hair up i just want i think to she was olive oil that's what i think um but um so basically they make this plan and this is like this is when i think that one of them is going to die because whenever you make future plans they never pan out somebody was going to die Mm. so uh they have this great line where um they they talk about going back to noth and masande saying my people are peaceful (laughs) we can't protect ourselves and then um you know, Greyborn retorts, well, my people are not peaceful and we will protect you. And I was just like, oh! <laughs> Black love. I, I love I them. Love They're the, just the best. Can somebody couple. please find me a Grey Worm? Please. I need that in my life. <laughs> uh, are you sure, though? I mean, are like, you sure a Grey Worm with equipment. <laughs> I'll take a gray worm with the right equipment if we can just make that like okay, but I'm telling right you equipment. I'm gonna find a way yeah. when I do get married one day yeah, I'm gonna yeah. find a way to work that you know that line and uh, my peaceful being peaceful into my marriage vows I'm telling you it's happening listen the Game of Thrones theme song is gonna be my <laughs> wedding song so I'm just claiming it right now claim it claim it <laughs> um, so yeah so those two have a little moment and then we kind of move on so night has come and we have the the Night's Watch out on the ramparts like they did in the good old days so we have Ed we have John and we have Sam <laughs> so Sam asked him asked John you know did you tell Danny yet and clearly he hasn't because my man has been avoiding his girl all the episode he has not been answering his <laughs> her calls he didn't ghosted her speaking of ghost we finally get to see ghosts yes like where he at? <laughs> like they spent all this money on these CGI dragons. Like I love the dragons, but like my heart are the direwolves, and we only have two of them left. So like, can we please put a budget for the season to give us more ghosts? So we see ghosts, <laughs> um, and then you know they all get to talking again. So um, John suggests to Sam that he should go in the crypts. And Sam's like, yo, put some respect on my name. Do y'all forget that I'm the one that was the first to kill a White Walker? I killed Thens. And then Ed's like, Then. <laughs> like, one. One Then. He's like, I saved Gilly. Yeah. I stole a considerable amount of books. Um, You know, I survived the fish of the first men. I'm not a virgin. Like, he's just like, I'm the man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Dolores yeah. Ed is 
Sam, you're not cut out for this, bro. I just, I'm sorry. I, I appreciate your sentiments there. You, you can go ahead and work with Henry Louis Gates on uh, find your roots as a researcher. You're great with that. Yeah, no, um, I mean, but yeah, you know, uh-huh. Dolores Ed agrees. He's like, you know, if you're our great hero, we're, we're effed. <laughs> we're effed. <laughs> um, so you know, they kind of reminisce about their time in Night's Watch, and the, you know, that you know, Sam says, you know, I can remember us. You know, look at us now, and, and he thinks about you know back in the day with john sam gren good old gren and pip how they all used to be like a team and you know unfortunately gren and pip were killed in uh, the battle for the wall um but the three of them are still left so you know their their watch essentially begins again so i thought it was a cute little callback because i actually really i mean pip I, he was okay but when gren was killed by that giant in uh, season six or season five mm-hmm. or season six, uh, season five, when Gren was killed by that giant, like I kind of broke my heart. You know, when they had like that great moment where they, they you know, they say they're uh, the Night's Watch, I guess, what's it, they're cold. And he rallies <laughs> everybody up to fight this giant dragon. And then you find him yeah. dead at the end of the episode. I was just like, oh, Gren. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up <laughs> that moment with them. Um, and I, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the episode, drinking drinking <laughs> so um jamie and Tyrion, they're back in the great hall they're getting warm by the fireplace you know kind of settling in for their their big night ahead um they remember the last time they were in winterfell and uh they referred to themselves as the golden lion and the drunken whoremonger i love that i, I tweeted i was like that should be the name of a band like that's just like great sentiment <laughs> right it's gonna be a shirt you know that right like everyone's gonna start wearing the drunken uh, hormone for sure gonna for be sure i agree somebody do that somebody on etsy oh, get yeah. that out there um so <laughs> so Tyrion says he misses the old days when things were simple and jamie's like things were never simple i used to sleep with my sister <laughs> so i thought that was a funny line and jamie says you know i'm no longer the golden lion but you can still be the drunken whoremonger and Tyrion's mm-hmm. like nah mm-hmm. i don't want to be a player no more so they kind of <laughs> reminisce about that moment and then um <laughs> pod and brianne come in so they offer them drinks. It's really cold. <laughs> Can we talk about how Pod has kind of put on some pounds? Like, what's going on with his his physique? His, his cheeks <laughs> looks a little bit more puffier. He's been eating now. all the rations. Uh, <laughs> I have a little thing for Pod, so I don't know. I didn't notice. <laughs> so I Pod walks them. in, Brienne walks in, they offer them drinks. Brienne's like, no, you cannot drink on the eve of battle. And they're like, come on and Brian's like okay half a cup and then like Tyrion is like a smart ass he pours this big old cup for pods so and they, <laughs> they settle in Brian's like all right why not so you know they're all drinking and talking and then walks in Davos and they're like hey Davos you want to drink he's like eh, I'm good and then of course our favorite character right. this episode Tormund walks in and he's like strutting his stuff walking in he kind of like sizes up Jamie and he like pulls up a chair he gets his drink <laughs> And he's just like, you want to, he's like, I saw here you're like the Kingslayer. You know what they call me? They call me Giant Spain. And then he kind of goes into this completely inappropriate story about slaying a giant and then getting in bed with his wife. And he like breastfed for three months, apparently. And that's why he's so strong. Like, if that's not a plug for breastfeeding, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what the motivation was there. Like, what was Tormund trying to do to Jamie in that moment? I, I just. <laughs> I don't know. And then he was like staring Jamie in the eye while he like sucked down that draft of 
wine like it was just creepy all around but i loved it yeah and then he kind of has this little moment with brianne he like when he first walks up and he's like you know it's our last night on earth right (laughs) (laughs) he's shooting a shot he's shooting a shot that's exactly what i would have said in my life so you know we probably won't be here tomorrow (laughs) he's consistent he's consistent he's really consistent and uh He's determined, so it's just it's Brian's call at this point. Yeah, he's gonna wear her. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna wear her down. I promise you, she's gonna give in to him. Um, and then Brian's so like awkward. She's like, "I'm glad you're here. Like, not not here. Like, I'm glad you survived the battle and you're here to fight with us." <laughs> she was just so. I love how Brian just she gets really so does. flustered with Tormund. She's just like she doesn't even know what to do because she's not she does not used to this attention exactly. from a man. So she's just like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh speaking of people drinking together so um the hound and Arya are up on the ramparts and they're kind of sharing a wine skin and they're kind of talking um so the hound's like i could never get you to shut up to shut up and now you're sitting there like a mute so um Arya kind of knows you know i've changed and she just says you know why are you here you don't ever fight for anyone but yourself and they kind of have a moment and the hound says well i fought for you didn't i I was like, aw. And then um, Barrick walks up and uh, they kind of have this funny exchange where he's like, hey, sorry about how things ended up last time. And Dan was like, she was on your, or he was on your list, right? And Arya goes, <laughs> yeah, briefly. <laughs> so she takes him off the list and then they kind of all start drinking together and Arya's like, you know what? I got better things to do. I'm not about to spend my last hours with you guys. And she uh, goes on to find herself fun of her own. So, um, great segue into our Arya and Gendry. Um, that really hot scene that we were all talking about before. We're going to get into that now. So, <laughs> um, so you know, Arya's shooting her little arrows, and uh, Gendry walks in. And they kind of have this little flirting moment, and uh, she asks him, you know, what did the Red Woman want from you? So he kind of breaks down his traumatic first time. He tells her, uh, she stripped me down, she tied me to the bed, and she put leeches mm-hmm. on me. <laughs> so so she was like well why did, did she want your blood like why does she want your you know why does she do that and she he kind of reveals to her that he is the bastard son of um robert baratheon so she, you can see in her face she kind of reacts like whoa but she kind of she has a goal in mind so she doesn't even you know touch on that she asked him about his body count she's like you know how many girls have you been with and he's like i don't know she's like you know like 20 <laughs> <laughs> every time she talks it's like it's i don't know how to explain she's just she's badass when it comes yeah, to flirting everything <laughs> you know 100 percent. she's grown a lot so you know i'm even me i was speaking like where is she getting at with this so I, it's like almost like she was trying to make sure that he was experienced enough for her because in that moment she kind of like grabbed him and they started making out and they start like taking off clothes and i see like macy williams's side boob like i was like what is happening <laughs> and like we touched on this last week jamie when we mentioned you know this is a little strange. Um, Arya was so young when she first started the series. It's kind of weird seeing her getting with with gender. It, like, it, it was a weird thing. I'm really glad that they took liberties in deciding not to show full boob because that would just have been weird. <laughs> and Macy Williams is 22 years old, so she is of age. But 
I don't right. feel comfortable seeing her like that. And even the side boob just freaked me out. I was just like covering my eyes, like, no, child. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, no, no I can't do this now. But yeah, it just threw me off. And it actually funny you mentioned that. So when um, the scene, when they sent out the scripts, uh, Sophie. Turner was the first one to read the script so she immediately called um, Macy Williams and said hey guess what's happening you're about to you're going to sleep with Gendry and she's like nah that's a joke like apparently um, D.B. Weiss and David Bainoff they play pranks on the cast all the time so she thought initially it was a joke well it turns out it wasn't a joke it was really happening um, so they kind of tried to figure it out you know like the side boobage how, she, how naked she was going to be side during this boobage. episode <laughs> <laughs> side boobage and then even the actor that plays Jenny Joe Dempsey he said he was uncomfortable he said it was a little weird for him because when he met yeah. Macy she was 11 she was just a kid <laughs> yeah yeah and you know he's um he's like 10 years older so at this point uh, this was like two years ago so she's 20 when she shot this scene and he's like 30 31 so he's like watched his girl grow up and he has to do like a sex scene with her so oh, um <laughs> yeah it was a little yeah. awkward <laughs> but um all the sexiness out of everything that was we were like oh this is a hot scene i'm super excited about yeah. it now. i feel gross sorry <laughs> sorry guys yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but it is kind of a, i will say it is a callback to season one remember when um robert and ned were talking in the crypts they said um i have a daughter or, you, you know, I have a son, you have a daughter, let's join our houses. So this, in a way, is kind of like that. You know, Arya and Gendry, their houses are joining. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't yeah. put those two and two together. Hmm. Yeah, I, you, know, you know me. You know how I do. Um, So <laughs> I just wanted to point out, even though it's kind of dark, um, the difference between Sansa and yeah. Arya's journeys. Sansa's first time was not pleasant at all. Sansa's wedding night was horrible um she was not in control you know her control she was raped her control was taken from her whereas Arya had full control of the situation this was her decision she's taking control you take off your pants I'm getting on top of you so I just thought that the parallel between these two sisters different journeys even in that even just you know them talking about their first time Sansa's not gonna be able to say this is what happened Aria can um so I just kind of I know I don't know why my my head went to that but yeah. I was like oh their first times were totally different interesting um and then just speaking on Aria Angelina if you think about it Aria's never been a normal kid Mm-mm. she's all she's been a, basically this murderous assassin since she was like a teenager and this is like the one time that you see her kind of taking herself back yeah. she's not no exactly. anymore she's Aria and she's doing a normal teenage thing you know she's she's you know well I guess it's not normal but she's essentially experiencing <laughs> I don't know I I was a late bloomer um but she's experienced <laughs> um but basically she's she's kind of she's with her first she crush did. and she's you know <laughs> getting it in you know she's How doing something Arya that, at this point in the story I would I would say she's about the same because Arya was also 11 in the series 10 or 11 so she's about 19 okay. 20 so she's of age okay. um so yeah, so we're going to move on for that awkward moment because now I feel like yucky. <laughs> 
<laughs> so um, we're going to go back to the Great Hall. They're still drinking. And Tyrion kind of has this uh, this great line where he says, there was a point in time we were all fighting against the Starks, and now we're defending their castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And they kind of all reminisce on all the battles they survived. So like Jamie survived the Siege of Pike, and he failed in the Battle of the Whispering Wood. Um Tyrion and Davos survived the Battle of the Blackwater. Um, Davos survived the Battle of the Bastards. So they're all kind of like, they've gone through serious moments and they survived. So, you know, maybe they'll survive this one. And um, they start talking about maybe. (laughs) So they they start talking about knights and knighthood and, you know, uh, Tormund being a man from beyond the wall, he doesn't know anything about the hierarchy or or the culture or the patriarchy of the Seven Kingdoms. So he's like, wait, you're not a knight? To Brienne, Brienne's like, no, women aren't knights. And he's like, F tradition. You know, if I were a king, I'd knight you ten times over, you know, with my big sword. Uh, (laughs) So then... I like Jamie, so <laughs> I have a thing for Ginger, so I'm with it. Um, so you know, Jamie kind of one ups him, and he's like, you know, stupid. You don't have to be a king to knight someone. A knight can knight somebody, and I'll prove it. So it kind of starts off as a joke. He's like, Brian, get up. Brian's like, huh? He's like, Brian, get up. And what turns out to kind of be like a funny moment turns into like something so serious and everyone turns around and kind of is like is this really happening and Brienne gets down on her knees and we all start crying as Jamie knights her <laughs> Sir Brienne a knight of the seven kingdoms and I like I'm about to cry now like it was just like how often do you see a character it was a progressive moment for yeah, uh, yeah for, for the story for the series really for, for what's going on in Westeros so I loved it. I really loved that moment. Everybody was like so excited on Twitter too. The tweets were going <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I actually um this morning because I thought about it this morning. You know the one picture of uh, Ellen DeGeneres when she gets like the Congressional Medal of Honor and she's all teary eyed when Obama puts it around her neck. Like that was Brienne. Like she was just oh. like, oh. <laughs> she just looked so happy and like. <laughs> You know, there's like a slow clap going and Brienne's smiling ear to ear. Like, Brienne doesn't smile that much. So it was just like touching to see. And um, the actress, Gwendolyn Christie, you know, they asked her, what is her favorite scene to shoot the entire series? She said it was the scene. Um, yeah. So it even stayed with her. Yeah, she earned it. She's went yeah, through she- so much and she's earned it. Yeah, so, you know, Sir Brienne, we're going to hear that name more often. And, you know, Jamie and Brienne have become true. If you think about it, Jamie and Brienne have become true knights. You know, everything that oh, a knight yeah. stands for, they ha- they are both that. Um, so it was just a beautiful moment. I loved it. And I'm just happy that we got that moment because it, it was sorely needed. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to um, Little Rihanna. Our, our, that's our homegirl, the Little Bear. She's in the courtyard with Jorah. And they're arguing about whether or not she should fight. She is determined. She's like, I'm going to fight. Like, y'all ain't going to try to stop this from me. Right. I'm going to fight. Right. She's like, I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fight. You need to tell me nothing. Deuces, cousin. Exactly. You know? So she walks off and Sam walks up to Jorah. And they have a moment. He kind of has this moment where he tells him, you know, your father taught me how to be a man. And he taught me what's right. And this is right. And he hands him Heartsbane, which is um, Sam's family sword, a Valyrian seal. So Jorah kind of gets his 
like in a way, you know how um, his father George took away Longclaw and gave it mm-hmm. to John. Well, he kind of gets that stored back in a way. He gets Heartsbane. So I know it's going to come in mm-hmm. handy because Valyrian Seer is one of the few things that can kill White Walker. So yep. let's let's hope George survives this battle. <laughs> so that was, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> so then we kind of go back to them drinking um, in the Great Hall. Tyrion's like, let's hear a song. And then Pod totally has this like Lord of the Rings Pippin moment. I've loved it. Like if you if you remember in the Return of the King, when Pippin is singing that great song to the steward of Gondor, he like he has this beautiful angelic voice. And it turns out not only can Pod put it down in the bedroom, but he can sing too. He can sing. He can carry it too. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting for that mixtape to drop. <laughs> We're talking about uh, Got Chat. Now we just need Pod on the track too. <laughs> um, so you know, during this little montage, um, he's singing uh, the song called "Jenny of Old Stones," which is briefly referred to in the books, and it's it's kind of fits perfectly with the episode because it's about a Targaryen prince and a forbidden love, and he gives up his crown, which results in a war. So I don't know if that's foreshadowing, um, but mm. that song was very fitting. And as he's singing with that angelic voice, um, th- they kind of have this montage of characters, you know, on their last night before this great battle. So we have um, Sam Gillian, little Sam, who actually looks like a toddler for once um, in bed. <laughs> you know, Sam was a baby for like six years uh, <laughs> true. so we have little Sam and, and Gilly and, and, and Sam all together and then we have Dion and Sansa kind of sharing a moment they're like sipping soup and they're looking at each other we're going to say that's just because they're really good friends for now um, and we have Arya and Gendry in bed or sacks of 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 hey I don't know what they were laying on but they they're po- post coitus they're post that you know and she's kind of shit he's knocked out so apparently she put it down and she's just kind of <laughs> she's laying <laughs> I'm saying I got put him to sleep and <laughs> <laughs> um, so she has her eyes open you can tell she's thinking about the battle and um, Missandei and Grey Worm oh my god they have like that last farewell like long lasting kiss and I'm just sitting there like somebody's dying <laughs> um, yep. and then you know the last scene is that Jorah like on his horseback he's looking out for the White Walkers and um, then we transition to John and the Crips so this entire episode, John has been avoiding Danny like the like grayscale, like the plague. Um, he refuses to talk to her. He's very short with her. So he's standing before uh, Lyanna Stark's statue. Danny approaches and she goes, "Who is she?" So uh, this is actually a wonderful segue for John. Uh, <laughs> he kind of goes, "Oh, that's Lyanna Stark." And then Danny kind of spews the propaganda that Robert Baratheon put out there you know, it's crazy how my brother was this respected man and he did all these great things, but he raped her. And Don, Don, John corrects her and says, no, they loved each other. They actually got married in secret. They had a baby boy. Um, He would have been killed by Robert Baratheon. So on her deathbed, uh, Liana made Ned Stark take the baby and took him to Winterfell and that's me. <laughs> that's me, babe. So, um, 
and we talked about this on the last episode, you know, I wasn't sure how Danny was going to react and she reacted exactly how I thought she was going to react. She was so upset about him being the rightful heir to the throne. She didn't care that they were related. Like who cares that we're, we're I don't care that you're my nephew, but you have a better claim to the throne than me. And it's like, come on, Danny, like, really? Like that's your focus. But it goes back to what Amelia Clark was saying in an interview. You know, you think about it. Danny's entire purpose since the beginning of the first episode of season one, once she got, or not season one, but once she got her episode one, once she got her power back from Viserys, her goal mm-hmm. has been that Iron Throne. From birth, mm-hmm. from her, her entire existence has been about either winning her brother's throne back or after his death. It was her throne. So she's the last Targaryen. She's the end all, the be all. She's going to sit on that throne. And now you have her boyfriend saying, nah, that's my role. So they don't even really get to address it because as soon as they start getting into it, you know, and Danny even says, like, like we talked about last week, John kind of accepts the information pretty well. He doesn't question it. Whereas Danny's saying, how do you know this is true? Like, your best friend and your brother are the only ones that know about this. How convenient. And, you know, John's like, no, it's true. It's true. And before they can really address it, the horns of war go off. So they can't even talk about it. They have to get ready for war. So, you know, this is when the great war begins. And, you know, as I said it on my live tweet, Winterfell, you in danger, girl. I think Tyrion's going to die. <laughs> but I say that every... Oh, just every threw that season. out there. <laughs> Actually, I've been saying it since season one because I feel like... Once he dies, everyone, I don't know, it's just, he's just that character that's, that's gotta go. I love him to death, but he's just, he, he really just, he's the one, he's the one, he's the sacrificial, um, star. Yeah, he's <laughs> the only one that you'll be, you'll be sad enough to be like, you know, I don't know. Just, I don't, I don't um, want that. What do you think, Jamie? Who do you, who do you think is going to die? I don't want, I uh, well, I, I know for a fact, um, I shouldn't say for a fact, because I really don't know, but I, I, I feel very confident that Theon will die next week, uh, just because of this whole redemptive arc thing. And um, we, we don't really have a need for Theon, right? Like, you know, he's he's done his dirt, he's, he's going to fight in the Great War, and he'll be that sacrificial lamb. So I, I think he's going to definitely die, um, if not next week, by, before the end of the season. Um, it's... I don't know as far as anybody else. Like, I, I don't have any guesses. If we follow the prophecies, then obviously Cersei is someone who is vulnerable to, to death and, and maybe even Jamie Lannister. I feel like probably what the writers may be doing is um, paying some sort of penance for all of the sins of what some of these characters mm-hmm. done in the past and doing that through death. So we know the most noblest characters and the characters with the best integrity, right. even though that's not always the case. Ned Stark, example. Um, I, I think that they're not going to suffer at the same fate that some of these other characters. Um, and that, that could include the Lannister family. Um, I mean, that could include Tyrion as well. Or we, we may see something else with with some of the other characters. Even though you said that like it's normal for the Targaryens to engage in incest i still feel (laughs) it's just weird to see that kind of reaction from danny like you're sleeping with your nephew this whole time you realize that and not once did she feel disgusted or weird or that was off-putting she was on that iron throne 
Um, I will touch on this. Um, I don't think it was, it, it was briefly touched. Oops, sorry, it was briefly touched on on the show. Um, you know how Vasir was kind of creepy with her and very mm-hmm. affectionate towards her because in the books, Danny grew up believing that she would end up marrying Viserys. So the, the, you know, a nephew isn't a big deal in comparison to marrying your brother. Um, so I think it's ingrained in her that incest just isn't that big of a deal. Uh, and. Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> so, I mean, but once again, even if she was upset about it, Danny has her eye on one thing, and that's her throne. So, who cares that she's, you know, smashing her nephew? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the throne that she's concerned about. Right. Um, right. As, as far as my predictions for death, I agree with you. I think Theon will probably die. Um, I, I don't want Tyrion to die. I, I, I will, I will lie. I will riot. So I will not speak that evil into existence. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> I will not allow it. it. This will not pass. Um, I think even though you know, like as as you said, people that have done transgressions, they'll get their like just desserts. Yeah. But I think some innocents will die too. Right. And um, my money is on Grey Worm, even though I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I feel like that's such the obvious play, though. Like I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna pick somebody else that we love. <laughs> right? Please don't let or it be like Gre- I love him so much. <laughs> I feel like if they kill Grey Worm, it's something like okay, well, you know, like. We'll- if they kill Raymar, Raymar, it's racist. Okay, we're gonna black Twitter will riot. Yeah, <laughs> black Twitter will go ham if they kill. But like, I I just felt because they were like making plans and they're so in love, yeah. and you can't have love in Game of Thrones. Like somebody has to die. So that's just my prediction. If, if, I hope it's but not true. Also, you bring up the point about the prequel and how we're going to go back into the Summer Isles. Maybe we will see Missandei and Grey Worm in the prequel series and, and see something going on with that storyline. So hopefully they do keep them alive just so that way we can find out more about um, those regions of, of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would say with the one that got greenlit, um, because it's set like a thousand years before, probably not. But I know they had like four other ones up and running. So maybe we might get some more Summer mm-hmm. Isle love, or maybe they might do maybe some ancestors of Missande and Grey Worm. But like, let's just let's let's just pray yeah. to, to the seven gods and the old gods <laughs> and and you know old gods and and the drowned guy and all them that we prayed that you know a black love that black love <laughs> exists and it's real and that it can survive even in Westeros, please. Yes, <laughs> let's. All right, I'm, I'm doing like the, the I'm doing like the Trinity sign right now. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so um, let's get to some questions that we received. Um, so let's see. Let me go back into my Twitter. Um, so at the reigns and his name is Harumu Final. Um, we had touched on the fact that Drogon was looking a little bit jealous of John making out with Danny from the last episode, mm-hmm. and um, he kind of points out. He said, "I don't feel like Drogon knows. I don't think. I f- oh, let me read this again. I feel like Drogon knows, as in." Drogon knows that John is a Targaryen, like he senses it, and he's not jealous. I don't remember them ever letting anyone get close enough to touch them. They must sense who Jay is. So mm-hmm. that, uh, I mean, they do, uh, they do kind of allude to in interviews that da- that Danny, Danny has a special connection with the dragons. So maybe they sense that 
John is one of I them. I can smell that Targaryen blood in John. Right. <laughs> okay. That fire going through their veins. So yeah, uh-huh. okay, good. I mean, I, I, that makes sense. Um, and then we have one more question. Um, it is from at uh, M. Tova second. His name is Mon- uh, Masir Mala. And he asked us, is Jamie Lannister Azor uh, Azai? Now, just to give you guys a little backstory. So Azor Asai is this... Um, this character that's uh, almost once again a prophecy. So Azor Asai was this great man. Um, he brought. Uh, he was the uh, the chosen one from from the god Rolor. Um, and so, in order for him to defeat the White Walkers or the Long Night, he had to uh, forge Lightbringer, which is the sword that Stannis supposedly had. Uh, but in order for him to create Lightbringer, he had to sacrifice. So he had to sacrifice his love. Um, so he put Lightbringer through her heart and she died. So, and then he ended up defeating the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, he's, his prophecy is more in Essos, but he's kind of the same character as the prince that was promised. They have very similar storylines. So they're probably one in the same. It's just that Azor's eyes from the region of Essos, whereas the prince that was promised is from uh, Westeros. But a lot of people have noted that they feel that John is going to kill yeah. Danny. Um, I guess to maybe in- infuse her blood with long claw, like the fire from her blood and, and kill, you know, the night King. I don't know, mm. but I don't think that Jamie is Azora's eye. If anyone would be that character it, or that prophecy fulfilled, it would be John to answer your question. Really about that. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> what do you guys I, think I'm about that? On that one, that's kind of crazy if that does happen, but um, we'll see. I don't know. I will riot. Yeah. <laughs> I will riot. Um, so yeah, that basically wraps up the episode. Next week is going to be the big battle between the living and the dead. Um, it's supposed to be the biggest battle scene, the longest battle scene in cinematic history. So even yeah, so even longer than Helm's Deep, which was like what, like forty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So we're in for it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, we'll touch on that next week. Excellent. Well, thank you, Angelica, for this great breakdown. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us. And please tweet us your questions, your comments. Use the handle at BGM Podcast. We do have a podcast Twitter account. So use at BGM Podcast. That way we know that the listeners of this show has comments and questions and we'll address them on next week's show. And We will dive right into it as we do every week. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. And uh, we'll see you same place, same time next week. Absolutely. We'll see you guys next week. And don't forget to live live tweet with us on Sunday nights. So podcast and live tweet. See you next week. Thrones, y'all. Bye. Thrones, (laughs) y'all.